the day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Hi, it's Friday. I just made myself laugh. Don't worry, I, I might make you laugh too at some point throughout the evening. We're glad you're here. 855-616-1620 is the Old National Bank talking text line. Old National Bank, get old. Oh, boy. If you call in, you'll be talking to Tommy. He is producing the big broadcast tonight, so be nice to Tommy. He's always nice to you. I know that. He's much nicer than I would be uh, doing your job, doing his job. The text question of the night. As an adult, are you going to a Halloween party this weekend? And if so, in costume? Because Halloween, which used to be one day reserved for the chillins, is now two and three weeks. But I know, I, I heard people at school today, and I've heard people talking all week, oh, and these are grown people with jobs and mortgages and children. Oh my God, they can't wait to go to a Halloween party. And I don't judge, I'm just, let's be honest, nobody invites me to a party, so I'm not going to a Halloween party. But even if I were invited, I don't know if I would. Uh, so that is the text question of the night. As an adult, are you going to a Halloween party? And if so, are you going in costume? Tommy, any plans to dress up this weekend to go cavorting at some sort of social gathering? Ooh, cavorting. I don't know if I have any cavorting plans, but um, <laughs> I might. I might. I don't know. I, I always play it by ear with Halloween. It's very similar vibes to New Year's Eve. Kind of just okay. play it by ear, see what's going on around the place. Um I have an idea. I don't know. I got to see you for the first time in person like a week or two ago, and I'd sha- I shaved my beard since then, so I'm rocking Ooh. just a mustache, and okay. I was thinking about, you know, I just own a bunch of Hawaiian shirts. I'll go buy a tiger's hat, do a little Tom Selleck. There you go. Yeah. There you go. A little Magnum P.I. Right. You know, and then Now, if you only had easy. a short, older uh, friend with a bad comb over, you could take them as Higgins. Well, you got the older down. We can go from there. Yeah, but I'm but short is yeah, short's not going to work. Way tall, and I'm much bigger than Higgins. Okay, plus I'm bigger than you, so <laughs> yes. you know, I would throw the whole thing. Up. I would have to go as um, oh, what was the pilot's name? The helicopter pilot. Uh, I'm going to be honest, more of a Tom Selleck Blue Bloods guy because oh, yeah. you know that's that's the age range there. But I know he was obviously Magnum PI, and I own a bunch of different Hawaiian well, shirts. Gonna, yeah, if you're going to wear a Hawaiian shirt and a Tiger's hat, that's Magnum PI. Oh, for sure. You know, Frank doesn't wear Frank doesn't wear Hawaiian shirts on on. Uh, no, and I look terrible in a suit. I look terrible in a suit. Yeah, I like blue bloods though, because I'm you know I'm that tar- I, now I'm the target demographic for CBS procedural. The Ion Television reruns. <laughs> yes. You know what day of the week it is based on what's on TV that day. It is beautiful. It is just <laughs> just beautiful. I um. I don't, like I said, I don't uh, throw shade at people who are going to a Halloween party. Uh, it might be a little jealousy, but also, I don't know. I've done Halloween as an adult before, and it's always, on paper, it always sounds very exciting. You know, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to dress up. I've got a costume. Uh, we're going to go. And, we're gonna, and then you put makeup on, and you realize, oh, you can't really eat or drink because things get smeared, or you, you're in a costume that makes it very hard to go to the bathroom, and it all just, it all just breaks down. That's and why I, I get the know. New Year's Eve vibes from it. Like sometimes it just sounds a lot better than it really is. Oh, I, I agree with you a thousand percent on New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, the most overrated holiday in the history of man. And most of that, like for decades, 
I was performing on New Year's Eve. So I was what people came to, I was what people did on New Year's Eve. Uh, you know, they came out to the show. Then when I stopped performing on New Year's Eve, all I sometimes we would go like to an early dinner, but then we realized even that's a hassle because everybody's trying, everybody who works at the restaurants, and I don't blame them, is trying to get out early so they can go have New Year's Eve. So then it was like, you know what? Let's just either bring in sushi and maybe a, fr a couple friends if they want to come over. If not, we'll just sit. We'll watch a couple movies. Uh, I'm always the only one still awake at midnight. Even the dogs are asleep. So I have no, I have no qualms about saying, uh, oh, no, I'm staying home on New Year's Eve. There's not a chance. Going out with the yahoos, drunk on the road, and everybody pretending to have a good time and paying an unbelievable uh, price for whatever limited menu they're putting on at the restaurant. Do you go like for Halloween and stuff? If you go out, will you be going to a uh, a bar Halloween party or like a house party? Uh, yeah, definitely bar. If I was okay. going to go out, I, w I don't. I don't even know about anyone having house parties anymore. Again, maybe I'm well, not invited to the invite? Yeah, I guess oh, not. There's big, no. oh, big station party. No, uh, yeah. It must be you and I'm I not, just didn't get I'm invited. not important enough. No, that wouldn't, that, wouldn't <laughs> matter. That, that wouldn't matter. That's like getting, That's like if I sent out an out-of-the-office email, and just be like, who is this guy? They, they don't, no no shot. Doing, I think they're doing something I, at, the, uh, at the office on Tuesday. Like, right, I'll be in for Matt on Tuesday, so maybe I maybe I just break yeah, out the PI for that. Show. Yeah, I was. Um, but I all, listen. You think uh, regular Halloween parties are rife with peril? An office Halloween party has got to because this is family friendly, which is so that's going to put uh, that's going to put the onus on a lot of people to change up their costumes because you know Halloween is also when people. They say people are giving a piece of their true selves. It's a provocative uh, holiday. Very provocative. Yes. I don't remember when I was a, when I was even in college. It was not that provocative. But now, I didn't know that mice could be so sexy. <laughs> I didn't know Just, mice uh, and cats and uh, all all forms of animals. I feel like there's uh, always a a a big a big item or a big. Uh, you know, a big costume year by year, and I don't know what that is this year. You know, like there's always. I remember, you know, the first one that comes to my mind is like the replacement refs. The year they had the, right. yep. you know, the strikes with the referees in the NFL. Um, Tiger King was a big one when that was the whole thing. You know, I don't know what the what's the hot ticket costume this year. I think I think a Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey couples costume, oh. or even separately. I Barbie, think be, Barbie's probably going to be a big is one. Be huge. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna blow up my neighbors and go as Oppenheimer. Okay, uh, so that'll be fun. <laughs> yep, just wear a suit. Yeah, I was just, gonna, That's just all it wear is. a suit, smoke cigarettes in a fedora, and then uh, you suspenders. Know, just, just predict the do the destruction of the planet. Just walk around with a chalkboard behind you the whole time. Yep. Very smart. Um, I heard for kids, it's uh, number three was Spider Man. Um, there was somebody from uh, Paw Patrol. And uh, there was no, but that's, I asked, that was like, as, as I was asking some of my teaching colleagues, what's a big costume at their house? A lot of uh, mermaids, um, some, some uh, boingo or something from YouTube <laughs> and uh, Spider-Man, a lot of Spider-Man. So that's good. I'm, you know, I could get down with that. This is, there is something scary about Halloween and we hear this all the time and it may 
Part of it is urban legend, but now, in light of uh, recent developments in this country and recent, recent changes, something that you may have to watch out for, and this is not being alarmist because I hadn't heard about this, really, uh, but I'll share that with you after this. We'll also get to some responses from your text question answers. As an adult, will you be attending a Halloween party? And if so, will you be in a costume? 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk and text line. It's WTMJ Nights. Can I make this any clearer? It's Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights. 855-616-1620. That is the old National Bank talk and text line. Our text question of the night is, hey, you're an adult. Are you going to a Halloween party this weekend? And if so, are you going in costume from the 41440 uh, and going uh, to in-laws Halloween party as fat Midwestern Jesus? All right. Nice. Uh, from the 920, if you're an adult and know you can act like an adult, a Halloween party can be a blast if you kind of look at it like a masquerade ball. I like that. I'd go in, in Victorian... Uh, uh, you might as well just throw a masquerade ball whenever you want, then. Well, what's wrong with that? Well, I'm, I'm saying that would probably be a better idea. Just an impromptu masquerade ball rather masquerade than having ball. to look forward to one every year. Well, and it's like eyes wide shut. Then you just show up in your, your uh, cloak with your crazy mask, and who knows what's going to happen. Uh, change it to age groups. I'm 60. All right. 60? It's... 60 at a masquerade ball sounds fun. I'm fine with that. Uh, somebody commenting on your uh, Magnum P.I. Uh, Peter says, I much prefer the rebooted Magnum P.I. where Magnum is a handsome Latino and Higgins is a sexy British lady who's a former MI6 agent. I have not seen the, I have not uh, either. the rebooted Magnum P.I. I don't know. Sometimes you can't beat the classics. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's one Thomas of them, Thomas Magnum right? in those tiny little shorts. It's like, oh, those are the shorts we wore in the 80s? I don't know. They were very revealing. All right. I mentioned that there was something a little bit scary going on uh, for Halloween. And this is, I'm not trying to alarm you because I, I hate that kind of thing where, you know, the news will tease something. Uh, your refrigerator could be murdering you in your sleep. More later. But there, with the rise of cannabis being legal in 23 states and uh, Washington, D.C., um, 40 states having some sort of medical marijuana market, we know that um, the proliferation of the devil's lettuce is everywhere. And because of that, THC products are everywhere too, including gummies. Well, most of the time, if you've ever, uh, and not that you would because it's illegal in Wisconsin, I know, but maybe you Maybe you've uh, talked to some of your friends in a state where cannabis is legal or visited their home and they offered you a gummy. Most of the time, those gummies come in some kind of package that makes it clear that it's really not a, uh, that it's not candy. You know, yes, they're gummies, but uh, I know some of the ones I've seen have been either in little tins or like a, a, a zippered bag that has big warnings on it. But there's also... A lot of unregulated edibles that come in packages that look exactly like candy bars, and like one of them was looked like looked like a Kit Kat from. And if you were a little kid who couldn't read, it said Kit Kush, but the size and everything else was like a Kit Kat. And there was one that looked like a Reese's, and one that looked like a um, oh, what was the other one? Like a Hershey bar. And so they're saying it's it's not likely 
but there's a possibility. So it always kind of uh, it's always kind of a good idea to look at your kid's candy. Not for the razor blades, but you know, maybe your kid got uh, a little stash that you want to delve into. So it's just one of these things because in 2021 there were over 3,000 cases of accidental cannabis exposure. Uh, all those patients were young children. So they said some look like uh, nerds. I told you the Kit Kat the the Kit Kat one that I saw at first like I because I don't pay attention. You know I'm reading the story. The pictures don't mean much to me because I can read words. And so uh, I looked. I was like, oh man, that's a Kit Kat. No, that's not a Kit Kat. But if you're three or four or, you know, older and you can't read, that's going to look just like a Kit Kat. I don't know. I don't think the other thing is uh, most people who spend money on that kind of stuff are not going to just throw it into a little kid's bag. Now, I know there's a lot of sick weirdos out there, but uh, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to focus on the sick weirdos. Just be just be careful when you're out there. Tommy, have you uh, you decided you're going to give anything out at the uh, folks' house? Well, uh, if I was a businessman, I feel like giving out edible candy would be like losing complete money. So I never understood that on why that would be a mix-up or anything at all. Um, That's what I'm saying. I, nobody's giving away their... Somebody texted in, too. Nobody's giving away their edibles. Right. That's true. It just There's doesn't just make sense. That, that are wrapped like that. And who? listen... I mean, they've probably all... eaten one or two already if they're making that mistake, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They're probably already all geezed up. No, no shot. up, and then they're like, oh, where'd I put my candy? Right. And, like, I, I would imagine you got to be pretty stupid. Right, and they're just mad. Go, Where's my bag of candy? This one oh, tastes like is. a regular Kit Kat. Like, what's up? You know, right. So well, that's the problem. You eat the THC Kit Kats, then you get the munchies. You got to eat the regular Kit Kats. Right. Now your bags are all interspersed, and <laughs> the kids come up. to the door, and they freak you out because you're like, ah, yeah. the cops. And then it, it all gets crazy. You just hand it all over. Yeah. You're just here. Little kid comes up in a, a policeman costume, and you panic. You're thinking, oh, no, the little people police are here. Yes. You're like, ah, it's Fisher Price. And you're just dumping it into their little orange bucket, the real and the, the fake, and it's all mixed. Oh, Tommy, I, it's a recipe for disaster. I am, I am sure I will be on candy duty. Uh, my sister is 12, uh, who I live with okay. still, which I think is right around the age where you're just about to be done trick-or-treating, but I still think it's fine to go trick-or-treating, right? Is that seventh grade, eighth grade at 12? Seventh grade, yes. She'll oh, be, that's yes. Still, yeah, that's still, I would say, 100% you can yeah, still go trick-or-treating. Yeah, so I'm sure she'll be, my mom will accompany her, and I'll be on door duty for that. So, uh, yeah, I usually hand out. I'm usually pretty generous. You know, I there you go. Give, out, nice. give it all out. You know, we want it all gone kind of thing. No, no oh, reason sure. to keep it around. So, yeah, I plan on being a candy handout if i wear my magnum pi costume no one will know what it is with kids coming up to the door but um so i might just be in a sweatshirt you know something like that i know uh my block actually does do um the adult halloween in the sense of they sit outside with some beers and like uh some folding chairs I find that hilarious. Um one of the neighborhoods i lived in did that you'd see the parents like there's a part of me that it's like, oh, I get it. But there's another part of me with the parents walking around with their little kids and they're carrying a cocktail and stuff. It's like, really? And Tommy, you know me. I like a cocktail. Sure, and a beer. Much or more than just about anybody else. But when my daughter was going trick-or-treating, I was taking my daughter trick-or-treating. 
I can I can go <laughs> I can go a couple hours without a drink. Well, no, these uh, are these are the ones that they have kids that are older already that aren't trick or treating oh, okay. anymore, and they're sitting in front of their house. Oh, to give it away? To give oh, out the candy, and they have a little cooler with them and whatnot doing that. I get, I get that, too. It's just you got so many little kids coming to your door. You know, I, I, this is going to sound very puritanical of me, and it is out of character. Okay. But there's a time and a place, and, you know, I... I don't know. I don't think you need to sit out front well, of your this house. Might, this might sell, sound very Southsider of me. There's something about it that makes it almost more welcoming in Wisconsin, I think. Maybe. See, and I'm not saying I wouldn't do it, because I did a couple years. We had those little chocolate liquor bottle things, yeah. candies, for adults. And so I had those at the door, and if adults walked up to the to the porch with the kid, I'd say, hey, you want one of these? Oh, yeah. So I, I'm not, you know... I'm not opposed to it. I just there's I just picture and and I'm sure the people in your neighborhood are very responsible. And responsible people can have a couple of drinks and still be functional. I'm picture I don't know why I'm picturing like frat guys just getting hammered on white claws and scaring the children because they're so drunk when they come up to get some candy. No, I don't, I don't think they give the away same. their beer either. So I, I mean I think it's yeah, I think it's just a regular thing over there. I, they've it, it actually started when Newer neighbors moved in, and they kind of initiated it, and then a couple sure. other neighbors have adapted it. Sure, you come in, you don't know the neighbors, you want to make a good impression, yeah. so you get drunk on your Get drunk home. right away, right away on, sure, th- right away on Halloween. <laughs> that says, ooh, I'm glad these people moved into the neighborhood. <laughs> yes. All right, we got to do this. Uh, oh, somebody from the 7 it's Judy B saying on Halloween night she's going to be hanging out with us, Tommy. If we have to, Do we have I'm a show have on Halloween? Out, yeah, we have a show on Halloween. Let's go. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I know every show we have. That's for sure. Okay. I knew that. I was testing All you. Right. Yeah. Oh, well, of course. Listen, I'm uh, I'm ready to go at a moment's notice. I sit here even when the show's over. I sit here in front of the mic and don't move just in case. Always in case be a ready. Random show breaks out. <laughs> yes. Just in case there's like an emergency, they go. The only one who can cover this is Noonan. Breaking with Brian. That's right. You know that. Uh, speaking of breaking, we got to take a break. It's WTMJ Nights. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights. We talk a lot about college. Tommy, you're not that far removed. Uh, we have a guest who goes to the school you graduated from, University of Wisconsin-Madison. She had the chance to do something that more and more students are getting to do, but a lot of People my age, we didn't we didn't get to study abroad, but Sammy Stidham did, and she took that experience and won herself a big prize. Uh, Sammy, welcome to the show. Congratulations, glad you're here. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. Well, we're excited to have you. Uh, first of all, you go to U of UW Madison. What year are you in, and what are you majoring in? I'm a senior at Madison, and I'm a journalism major. Very nice. So you studied abroad. You went to Barcelona with, I mm-hmm. I don't know what IES is. It's, it's, I know they, it's about studying abroad, but what is, what is IES? Yeah, so it's a, a study abroad program. Um, basically, they just have a bunch of, like, programs in different areas. I went to their Barcelona program. They have one in London and, you know, South Africa and a bunch of different places. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of a company that 
helps you do it. They, you know, get all your visa stuff lined up, and they're, they were a really Very great nice. resource while I was abroad. Well, and then they started in 2014, they started a film festival for the students who were traveling the world. And you were in Barcelona last spring, and you made a film about your yeah. journey called Take the Goggles Off. And that film just won the grand prize at the IES uh, Abroad Study or the IES Study Abroad Film Festival. You won, uh, you won some cash, right? You won 15, uh, the $1,500 grand prize. And then because of you, you secured something for a student that will follow in your footsteps at UW-Madison, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was um, a brand new thing that they just uh, started doing this year. The IES Abroad got like a big donation and they gave the winning school, which is in my case, Madison, uh, $5,000 to help another student go abroad. So what made you, first of all, what made you decide on Barcelona as the place to study abroad? Spain is beautiful, but was that, was that the thing? Um, I mean, Spain is very beautiful. I would love to go back. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I did Spanish all four years of high school. Um, I haven't touched it at all in college, so I thought it would be a nice way to kind of get back into that um, and maybe easier than if I went to somewhere that I didn't speak any of the language. Um, right. My brother also studied abroad in Spain when he was in college um, and was a big, a big advocate for me going to Spain because he just loved it. So, yeah, I got a couple different reasons. Very nice. My daughter studied in Spain. That's why I asked, and it was, it was beautiful. Oh. All right. So now, had you made films before you made Take the Goggles Off, or was this your inaugural journey into filmmaking? Yeah, so as I'm majoring in minor is in digital studies. Um, so through both of those, I've taken a number of classes that are specific film classes or just have involved film. I've done um, like video journalism stories uh, and kind of like mini documentaries and stuff like that, as well as some more like creative short story kind of stuff for some of my film classes. And what what inspired you? Well, first of all, tell people what Take the Goggles Off is about. And what inspired this idea for this film? Yeah, so um, I've kind of started describing it as a love letter to life. Um, I feel like that's really what it is at its core. Um, it was largely inspired by uh, another student in the program who shared a quote with me. And the quote is, if we could remove the goggles of habit, we would be overwhelmed with ecstasy. And I just was like blown away by that. And it really stuck with me. And I thought it was just a beautiful sentiment and really encapsulated an important part of human life. Um, I think we can get so caught up and distracted by kind of our day-to-day -day habits and routines and stuff that we forget how incredible just like our pure existence is. So um, yeah, my, my film was kind of inspired by that and just really encourages people to kind of take those goggles off and notice the small things in life, like the taste of your coffee in the morning or a flower growing through the crack in the sidewalk, as well as kind of the bigger things like getting to live in Spain. <laughs> so. I was going to say, I'm sure people would go, well, of course you can appreciate if, if you're in Spain, but you can appreciate things in Madison or Milwaukee or wherever you are. Uh, was there one moment that triggered you to say, this is, I love this quote, this is what the focus is going to be? Were you walking down a street and saw something and you went, this is what that quote means, this is what I have to make the movie about? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so I actually, I didn't find out that IES even hosted a film festival until like a month into my program. And oh, okay. the, yeah, yeah. And uh, I heard that quote like the first week. So I heard the quote before I even knew that there was a film festival. But once I learned that there was a film competition, I just like, I didn't even have to think about it. Immediately when I got that email that they had a film festival, I was like, I have to do it about this because I've thought about that quote every day. And this is a this is definitely an old man question. Did you do this all on your phone? <laughs> I did actually. Yeah. Um, all all everything was completely filmed on my iPhone, <laughs> which that's I was really no. Impressed. That's fantastic that you could because I've I've seen it. I was looking if people want to to see the film, take the goggles off. If you go to iesabroad.org, uh, you can under the news section you can see a big article about Sammy Stidham and you can watch uh, you can watch the film so it's very uh, it's very exciting what was obviously I'm sure in Barcelona or Barcelona as uh, <laughs> the locals are fond of saying you're over there yeah. there's a lot there's a lot of new experiences and a lot of things that are awe-inspiring and make your jaw drop was there something that maybe maybe it was just a simple thing that you could experience anywhere but there it just struck you as encapsulating what the theme of the movie was going to be. Yes, actually, there there was one specific moment where I was kind of oscillating between like, oh, like, should I do my film about this? Should I do it about something else? Um, and I I took one class at the University of Barcelona, and um, I they had like a big courtyard kind of like botanical garden area um, in in part of that. And so I was walking through um, amongst, like, the trees and stuff. I've always been someone that really connects with nature and enjoyed it. I grew up camping and hiking and stuff like that. Um, and it had just rained. And so I was walking along, and there was a bunch of uh, ginkgo leaves from a ginkgo tree okay. um, on the ground. And there was, like, beaded up uh, water droplets on the, on the leaves on the ground. And I, like, stopped and, like, looked at it for a little bit, and I, I took some pictures of it, and it was just, like, so, it was so pretty. And I just, I was like, okay, well, this is you having your goggles off. You have to do the film about this. So, yeah, I thought that was really cool. So now that, now that you've been home for a while, and the film has been released and garnered you the grand prize at the IES uh, Abroad Film Festival, mm -hmm. what, are you, what are you most excited about having your goggles off as you just go through your day-to-day -day life at school? A lot of things. I mean, I think, I think that having your goggles off can kind of mean different things for different people. Um, like I said, I'm, I've always been someone that really connects with nature. So the fall has been beautiful. There's a bunch of, like, really old um, buildings on my campus with, like, vines and all the, the leaves are changing different colors on the vines. And just I live across from a big park, so the trees have been really pretty. Um, and I think I've paid a lot of attention to that recently. But, yeah, I think it, it can look different for different people. If you're someone who really enjoys architecture, you know, noticing little things about that or noticing, you know, if you're into fashion, you know, how people are dressed and that kind of thing. But, yeah, I, I really connect to nature. I mentioned a couple times that you've won, you won the grand prize at the film festival and you received mm -hmm. a prize for that. And there's a, a, um, a scholarship now that will be given to somebody coming along at uh, a future study abroad student at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Mm -hmm. What, uh, 
Boy, I just, hold on, I just lost track of what I was going to say. Tell us the process of the <laughs> Film Fest, because I know, I know it wasn't like just, oh, you submitted a film and it won. There were, there were a number of steps. It was a big, it was a big to-do. Yeah, yeah. It, it ended up being like a way bigger thing than I thought it was. <laughs> like when I first started this process, I did not think that I would be interviewed on a radio station. <laughs> I was interviewed wow. live on TV when I was in Chicago. Like it's nice. It's turned into a, a much bigger thing than I thought it would be. Um, but yeah, I mean, you must have a good I, PR team. <laughs> I, I think they do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been really fun. But um, yeah, so I, I filmed and edited and whatever, and I submitted it to the film festival. And then out of everyone that submitted, they chose 13 final, or sorry, 13 semifinalists. And then out okay. of that group, there was three finalists. All three finalists were flown to Chicago for the festival. Um, and then the final winner was announced there. Wow. And for, for those of us who have never made a film, do they, do they give you uh, like a length? They, well, your film needs to be between 6 and 15 minutes or... What kind of guidelines, when you said you got an email announcing the film festival, what, kind of, what did you have to do to make sure yours fit the criterion? Um, there, I mean, I think for other film festivals and competitions and things like that, there maybe are more um, like restrictions and guidelines, but it was, it was pretty open-ended for oh, nice. I. Yeah, I mean, there was kind of like a very open prompt that was like, just make a film about what you took away from studying abroad. Um, and then, yeah, length-wise, I, I, I don't remember if they had. I don't think that they had a length. I mean, I'm sure if you tried to submit, like, a two-and-a-half-hour, like, yeah, full Yeah, if you went Scorsese movie, on like, and... Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I don't know. I mean, maybe they would, they would say something about that, but I don't think that there was a specific time limit or minimum or anything. All right, we're at a time now where college students are starting to look for their spring or their summer probably this spring or next year studying abroad. And some parents are 100% behind it, some are a little hesitant. What would you say to parents who are questioning, what's the main benefit you got out of studying abroad? I mean, I, I think that I grew up very fortunate. My family has all been bitten by the travel bug, and we just, I, I, I grew up traveling quite a bit, um, which I was very fortunate in. Um, but yeah, I, I know that there definitely is some parents that, and I mean, my mom is a little bit of a worry wart sometimes. Sure. She definitely worries about me. My parents do. Um, so they were nervous for me, but I think more than anything, they were excited. Um, and I think that it's just, it's such a cool experience. I mean, not only do you get to like live in this foreign country and like see all these cool things, do all these cool things. But I think that a lot of people experience a lot of personal growth, you know, and mm -hmm. the whole like studying abroad changes your life is maybe a bit of a cliche, but I think it's also, there's a lot of truth behind it. Um, and especially when you're in like those early 20s kind of college years, you still rely in large part on your parents and your support system. But when you go abroad, like you kind of just got to figure it out. And I think I very <laughs> right. much, like, <laughs> I was in some funky situations. Like, I had flights that were canceled or delayed. I had an Airbnb that had a gas leak. Like, you, 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 face, different, you face different problems. And when your parents aren't right there to fix it for you, you just got to figure it out. And often you get some funny stories out of that. You get really good experience. Um, 
Yeah, and I think it's just it helps you kind of go into the adult world where you're going to have to do that anyway. Um, yeah. And apart from that, like, you really just you learn about yourself. You learn who you are, who you want to be, um, and you get to experience another culture, another language, another part of the world and see how other people live their lives. Yeah, really cool. I was going to say, I think uh, you're right on all those points because as a father, I was worried sending my daughter over to Spain uh, because <laughs> you can't help. You're, you're exactly right. If, you, if something happens overseas, you got to figure it out. Um, but the, I, I think the biggest part, too, is what you mentioned at the end, the just being exposed to a different culture. And a lot of people... You mentioned being fortunate enough to travel. A lot of people don't, they might travel here in the States, but going overseas, it's a whole different thing. You realize how new this country is when you see the architecture in a lot of these European cities. And you're just mm -hmm. like, how are these still up and functional when, you know, the house that uh, was built for us 10 years ago is falling apart? So it's, and just the people and everything. Well, it sounds, it sounds like a wonderful experience. And Sammy, congratulations on the big win. Take the goggles off is uh, Sammy, Sammy Stidham's <laughs> film. She is a senior at University of Wisconsin-Madison, a journalism major. What's the plans after graduation, Sammy? It's a, such a good question. I've been getting that one a lot recently. Well, you're um, a senior. If you were a junior, I wouldn't have asked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not completely sure yet. I know that I think I, I want to live abroad for at least a couple years. Um, nice. I, I would like to go into longer form, kind of like documentary journalism, film stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I want to keep going with film and keep going with travel. That's the base of it. Very cool. Any thoughts on where you might want to be for those couple years? I don't know. I mean, I, I you know, I love Spain. I love Barcelona. I'd love to go back there. But um, I, you know, I also want to experience and travel to other places. Um, yep. I, I would love to go. There's a lot of places in Central and South America that I think would be really cool, and I could practice my Spanish more. There so, you go. Yeah, yeah. Everywhere and anywhere. <laughs> Very nice. Well, congratulations again on the grand Thank prize you. for the film. Take the goggles off again, Sammy Stidman's film. And, uh, Sammy, good luck. Hopefully we'll talk to you after your uh, next big documentary comes out. Yes, great. Thank you. All right, you're very welcome. All right, it's uh, that's very exciting, Tommy. Uh, one of uh, one of your fellow alums, making good. Not that you have not. Well, you're almost alum, almost alum. She, she got to finish. Oh, got to finish. Well, I, I was going to say, it sounds like she's on her way to graduate. <laughs> yeah. I don't see, you know, in the last semester, she just goes, yes. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's an awesome. Out. That's awesome experience. That was that was a super cool cool interview to do there. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take a break because once once we do a cool interview, we got to cool off. So we'll take a break. It's WTMJ Night. It's Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights. We got a uh, note from Peter uh, reminding everybody, hey, you should uh, set your DVRs because tonight uh, it's 7 o'clock on Shark Tank, a Milwaukee brother and sister company that's been leading downtown Milwaukee ghost tours for over a decade. They now want to franchise it in other cities. So if you are a Shark Tank fan, uh, check it out. That'll be our next, that'll be our next, uh, you know, people you ought to know from Milwaukee. We'll try to get them on too. Uh, you know, before you, you want to get the good interviews before other people do. I, that's, that's just a thing. So, uh, no, but that'll be exciting. I don't, I, the only time I watch Shark Tank is on, is like, if it's the last couple of minutes, if I'm watching something else and I click over to see the news and it's the last five or 10 minutes of Shark Tank. Do you watch Shark Tank, Tommy? Have you ever been a Shark Tank you guy? used to be a lot less now. Network television, not really my thing anymore. Wow, look at you. 
You you cut the cable, you pulled the plug. Streaming, man. Now? Yeah. Stream. A stream major. All right. Listen, you're a man with a plan. You're out, you've you got your thumb on the pulse of America. Uh, we do too. We're going to talk about a restaurant that is uh, charging parents for not watching their children. We'll do that on the other side of the news, which comes your way after this. It's WTMJ. The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Welcome to Hour 2 of the Big Broadcast. We are glad you're here. 855-616-1620 is the Old National Bank Talk and Text Line. Old National Bank, get old. That's how you get involved. That's how you could answer this question. Say you're out to dinner with your children and your bill comes and you see at the bottom of the bill a surcharge for being quote unquote unable to parent how would you react the reason i ask listen listen let's be honest we've all been out to dinner and i'm not talking about going to like culver's or stuff where it's a, a definite family place where you expect kids to be there uh maybe it's your local pizza place uh, you know, any kind of restaurant where it's a family restaurant. So you're going to get some kids, and sometimes the kids are going to be a little loud. Sometimes the kids are going to make a mess. But you know that going in, so it's not not a big deal. I'm talking about you go out to dinner, and it doesn't have to be the fanciest place around, but you got kids who are misbehaving. That That will ruin an experience. And this is coming from somebody who has a child, and when our daughter was little, we would take her out places, and we taught her that when you're out at a restaurant, now, when she obviously, when she was an infant, if she started to cry, that was a different story. But as she got older, she learned there's you, you act differently when you're at, at a restaurant. So a Georgia restaurant has gone viral because they've been charging parents an extra fee for their misbehaving children. Ha-ha. I love it. The Toka Riverside Restaurant lists a surcharge on its menu for, quote, adults unable to parent. There is no dollar amount listed, just three dollar signs. So, of course, this goes viral on Yelp, and people are divided. Who's shocked? Raise a show of hands by people who are shocked that uh, something was divisive on the Internet. Oh, good. Everybody. All right. So. Some, of course, think uh, the restaurant is great because they're doing something about unruly kids. Others claim that the owner was rude to their young ones. Well, I've... Come on. I've been in restaurants where the kids are crumbling food and dropping it and throwing it and the parents don't do anything, or the kids are up running around in the aisles and the servers are trying to get through with their trays and the kids are just screaming and yelling and it's it's a miserable experience and it is incumbent upon the parents because guess what parents they are your children they're not the restaurant's responsibility and i also agree that kids don't belong everywhere kids belong a lot of places they make a lot of places more fun and more palatable and i like kids but sometimes kids misbehave because that's what kids do. But it is up to the parents to curb that behavior. So if you're at a restaurant and you can't control your kids, you know, and your kid has, you know, it's going to take the 
the waiter or waitress or busboy or something 15 minutes to clean up the mess that your kid made under their chair, yeah, I, I got no problem. You got to throw, you know, throw a little money on there. Maybe next time, well, maybe next time you won't come back to that restaurant, and I'm sure the owner doesn't care. Um, or maybe next time you'll be able to teach your children how to behave. Or not take, if they're too young to know that, which is, again, part of the life cycle, then you leave them home or you don't go to that place for dinner. 855-616-1620, that's the old National Bank talking text line. I know that makes me, I know when I say that, that makes me sound kind of curmudgeonly. And I am not. Because like I said, I'm. we're not talking about, you know, a place that is known for families going there. We advertise a lot of those kind of places right here on WTMJ. And that's, no, at at those places, if your kids make a little noise, it's still incumbent upon you as the parent to make your children behave. But, you know, if we know kids are going to be there, you don't have to pay. Uh, So what do you think of this policy if it happened to you? And... If you're in the service industry, what's the worst case of unruly behavior or children just making a horrible mess that you have seen? Because if you talk to anybody who's been in the restaurant business long enough, there are a million horror stories. Maybe you've got the story if you were just sitting right next to somebody and they're tailored, you were like, can't you control your child? That is, no, please. Uh, Jeff texts in. He says, I've never reproduced, but I think this is fair, provided they made it clear somehow to families going in that this is a possibility. Yeah, it says it's on their menu, but we all miss things on the menu. So, you know, I think it's, to be honest, I think it's sad that we have to come to this. I really do. I think it's sad that we have to remind parents of their responsibility to uh, have their kids behave. Tommy, you're a young man. If you, you you don't go to places, uh, do you go to places where there's a lot of kids? Well, like a, if you go to a Buffalo Wild Wings or something, there's always kids in there. They go crazy. Sure. Yeah, somewhere around there. As a young man. Uh, I, I think I'm on the other side of you of this, Brian. Oh, I, I like it. All right. I, I think we are part of the divided. I, I, I understand a supper club, fancy place, you know, maybe there's something around there. You ask the parents, hey, can you control this situation, whatever it might be? But I just think as a business owner, you're playing a dangerous game when you when you have something like this that you're advertising and putting on your menu. I again, I don't have kids. I don't mind kids. Like it's not a problem for me whenever a situation happens like that. I I almost feel more sympathetic for the kids' parents when I see a situation like that. That's just how I am in these situations, I guess. I could totally understand, you know, I'm the I I get the crying baby on the airplane kind of thing, how that can be annoying and in a restaurant when you're trying to spend good money maybe to have a nice evening. I don't know though. Like it to me it just seems a little bit harsh. I I just think it's an unavoidable circumstance. I do think well, that when the kids leave a mess if it's a situation like that, that is on the person, parents, to either clean up after it or leave a very generous tip with it if you don't want to as well. I, I think that's how my mindset would work in this situation as well. I don't think it's cool 
for parents to let their kids make a huge mess and then leave kind of thing. All right. Well, first of all, you're an empathetic young man, and I admire that about you. Well, that's why Secondly, we differ all the time, yes. That's, that is why. <laughs> that's 100% why we differ all the time. Uh, but and, and I agree with your mindset where you would think that if your kids make a huge mess, it should be the parents either cleaning it up or, like you say, leaving extra as a tip. And even saying... Uh, I'm really sorry my kids made a mess. I gave you a little something extra, or, or they'll see that you gave them something extra. So we're in agreement on those kind of things. However, I don't believe that people would do that. Most people would do that on their own. Uh, and I also believe that it's an easy argument to say, and it may, as, as valid as it may be, oh, uh, the business owner may be playing with fire, may lose some customers. True enough. However, they may gain other customers. Because if you've been to a place once and it was everything else being equal, the food was good, the service was good, but there were kids running everywhere and, and you don't want to go back to a place like that, suddenly you will come back. And more people of that mindset will come back. So, yes, you can lose some customers, but you can also gain the, that, the other side of the aisle. So... That, that argument to me is really weak. Um, I think as a business owner, you have a right. Well, th there's always the signs. You know, we, we refuse the right to, or we have the right to refuse service to anybody. And that should, that should extend to children. Again, I love children. I like going out to dinner with children. I choose where I go. Or I chose where I went. My daughter now can pretty much go anywhere. You know, she she behaves herself. She's a little much. bit older now, right? <laughs> well, a little bit. Twenty seven. She's still good. You yeah. know, I still all right. Chew with your mouth closed. But no, that's not true. But um, but even if I go out with my buddy and he he's got two toddlers, they're fun. They're little kids. But we don't go. We don't go somewhere where we can't control them. And he also is a good father and his wife's a good mom and they you know they police their children and i think that's all this is this is this is not anti-child if you look at it it's anti-irresponsible adults yeah i agree i agree i also think again coming from someone who's not a parent it's very bold to say this is how you parent your child to someone i well i agree but there is also it's how you parent your child is different than how you teach your children to behave in certain public settings. Sure. What you do at home is one thing. My parents always said, what you do it, what you do when we go out is different than what you do at home. Mm -hmm. You know, we we knew that when we went somewhere, we were on much better, we were much more well behaved than we were at home. And that didn't mean my, our parents were lax at home. They just they just taught us that when we're out, we're in public, mm -hmm. and there's a different there's a different uh, perception of you when you're in public. There's a different responsibility of how you act when you're in public. So I don't believe I don't believe telling parents that hey, you're in my place of business. I need you to police your children. I need you. Now, I'm sure this is if a kid starts to cry and the parent picks them up and walks out to the lobby or tries to get them to stop, that's, that's normal child behavior. That, mm, yep. It doesn't sound like that is what's going to be 
the service charge is going to be. But let's be honest, some people are so into being out that they just they will let their kids do whatever and go, I just want to have a, I just want to have a nice meal. He'll, it'll be fine. And those are the parents we're talking about. We'll talk about this more, and we'll hopefully with you, 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk and text line. We'll be back after this. WTMJ night. We're talking about a restaurant in Georgia that has started charging parents an extra fee for their misbehaving children. They call it a surcharge for, quote, adults unable to parent. Uh, we're Tommy and I are in a little bit of disagreement on whether this is a good idea. I think it is. And we got to figure, we're trying to figure out the line because there's not a lot of specifics. But a text from the 414, a lot of these restaurants are supposed to be family-friendly restaurants. Now they want to change, uh, or now they want to charge. I don't intend to go into restaurants to have my kids misbehave. It just happens. And that is true. And as as a father, I understand. Nobody, nobody takes their kids out going, you know what? I can't wait to get my kid in there because they love to throw menus. Uh, they're like monkeys. They start throwing their food around. They stand in the high chair. They scream and yell. No, um, it happens. And I think, I think what it is is they're looking for people who don't do anything to discipline or parent their children. And we've all seen it. We've all seen it where kids just run wild. And that's that's it. Now this is a this is a place uh, on the river. It looks like a pretty upscale kind of place. Fresh trout, wonderful steaks, uh, riverside dining, and it's uh, it's very nice. It looks like a rustic, like you would think of a rustic riverside um, restaurant. It's in Blue Ridge, Georgia. Menu looks lovely, right on the river. But uh, they must have, they just have gotten tired of the kids running around and acting acting a little crazy. So they're doing this. Um, from the 262, was at, a, was at Pizza Ranch about a week ago. Had two, two, or, two four- or five-year-olds uh, circling my table while the parents did nothing. Restaurants are not a playground, and children should not act as such, but you can't blame the children when the parents do nothing about it. That is exactly right, and that's why I said this is not an anti-child thing. No, no. They're not saying, don't bring your kids here. They're saying, when you bring your kids here, watch them. And, you know, so, you know, of course, the the video, the headline, the viral video, the headline, everything gets... um, Big response. Oh, my goodness. And once again, a lot of the vitriol is pointed at the owner when really the focus should be on the parents. Also, the owner does have the right to make his business not kid-friendly or not kid-welcoming if he wants to. It's a private business. Right. Well, they're dog-friendly. They have a pooch patio. Well, so, if your dog poops on the floor, I wonder what the charge is for that because that's got to sure, be. You know what? They got to sure have a charge for that. <laughs> if you're no, if your dog starts uh, growling at people and is jumping, I'm, I'm sure. I'm almost way more anti the pro dog. I think that's no, absolutely not. And Even I love on dogs. An outdoor patio. No, I don't want. I don't want other people's dogs where I'm eating. I, I mean, and I love dogs. I love other people's dogs. I own three dogs. I no, I don't bring my dogs to places where there's food. I don't bring my. I, I've brought. I've taken 
my dogs to like a beer garden. Okay. And I've taken my grand dog to a couple of breweries. Because, you know, they're not going to tell It's just one of my pet peeves. No pun intended. <laughs> um, yeah. Good one, yep. When, if I'm at the grocery store and someone's got a dog in there. I think that's... Yeah, you don't need a dog at the grocery store. You know, and so I think of a restaurant being one degree removed from that. So I, I am no, no pooches at the patio. All right. Well, that's... Oh, it's a $50 fee for when the kids misbehave. Wow. That seems steep, too. That's high. Yeah. That is high, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking to see if I can get uh, any any real definition of what it is. I got to reach out um, to this guy, see if he'll come out for an interview now. Yeah, fine. <laughs> the the drive through window. What does he do? He just pockets that money? Like, is he donating it to like oh, charity I'm sure it goes or something? To the staff. Yeah. I'm sure it gets thrown into okay. a big uh, big thing for the staff. Um, so if the adults are unable to parent. They have not yet offered comment on the breaking story, but uh, the surcharge, Google reviews allege that it's $50. That has not been confirmed. We don't want to be, uh, we don't want to be the uh, given fake news. So it may or may not be 50 reports have it estimated at $50. We have not confirmed that price yet. Okay. Um, one angry, one angry, <laughs> angry Google reviewer, said that the uh, there was unfriendliness because the server was a uh, annoyed by the stroller that my of my baby and then annoyed because I was walking with my baby inside the restaurant. Uh, yeah, you cannot leave the stroller in the aisle, dork. And if your baby's crying, I understand how hard it is to get a date night when you're a parent. Go outside until you can get your child calmed down. It's not the child's fault that you're a selfish goon and need to block an aisle with a stroller. And we've all seen, let's uh, let's be honest, the size of strollers nowadays, they're as big as a Mini Cooper. Yep. And most restaurants are jamming their tables together. And I've got to get to the news because Tommy's mad at me. But uh, one last text from the 920 regarding the restaurant charging parents. Should part of the fee be applied to the bill of the diners who were annoyed by these unruly kids? Kids. No. No. Oh, part no. of the fee be a, so they get a little discount. All right. Well, that's a good idea too. All right. Let's do this, and then uh, we'll all calm down. And by all I mean me, and then we'll have the news on WTMJ. Wow. Getting into a Friday funk kind of. Getting that slow jam on. Love Lauren Hill. Yeah. That's Miss Lauren Hill, please. Sorry. Little re- keep some respect in your mouth for Lauren Hill, Tommy. Don't make me come back and, you know, slap that taste out your mouth and then find out that we've uh, been separated for 16 years. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Uh, and if HR is listening, I would never slap the taste out of Tommy's mouth. No. I don't want, I'm just on the record now. We, we get along so well. Society. We are we are best friends. All right, we are. Yes, even though we di- we can disagree on stuff. That's what I like. Now we may disagree on this. I didn't know this was a thing that people uh, argued about. But then I remembered I live in America and we argue about everything. Everything. Be- yes, because we have the optimum places to argue. This is on. Uh, this started on X. And can uh, all right. It's been a year since Elon Musk took over. Can we stop everybody in uh, whether it's in print? 
or on uh, television or on the radio, everybody saying X, formerly known as Twitter. We all know that X was formerly known as Twitter. That's just a little uh, recent also, pet peeve of mine. Every, everyone still calls it Twitter. Yes, of course we do. And we still say we tweet, just like we, uh, you know, if you're in the South, every soft drink is a Coke. And every tissue that you use is a Kleenex. Anytime you use that platform, you are calling it Twitter. Well, I wonder if that will get a regional dialect on there because it's more West Coast based, right? And then X? Yeah. I don't know. It could by the end of it. It could. You know, people out in California, and this comes from a guy who lived in California for a while. People in California are nuts. They'll, sure, they'll start calling it X, you know. But I hear, hey, did you read this on X? And I'm like, I couldn't read if I was high. I'm just if I'm if I'm on X, I'm dancing and I'm chewing out a pacifier. I don't have any time. Yeah, I don't have any time to be reading. I'm in a rave, dude. Come on. So anyway, this started on Twitter, currently known as X. Maybe we do it that way. (laughs) Just yes, that just flip the script. This is America, after all. You can do that. All right. Uh, When you go to bed at night, how how new is your pillow? Or if you were to pull that pillow out of the case and show it to somebody, would they think there was a uh, homicide or a horror film on your pillow? The reason I ask is somebody started off what is being <laughs> what is being called in the media as a major cultural conversation. And Tommy, you if you know one thing about me, you know I like to have major cultural conversations. Oh, of course. That's what we do here. <laughs> that is what we do. It's all we do hard-hitting cultural conversations. So a guy posted a picture of his uh, yellowish pillow, and it was captioned, Girlfriend is mad at me because I have revealed to her the yellow pillow. Fellas, I'm sure you all know this thing is magic. So that pretty innocent-seeming, he wasn't trying to stir up any hate, I don't think. Well, um, the message was viewed over 4 million times. And then there were people on both sides. Now, I, I'm going to, I'll cop to this. I believe my pillow is quite yellowed. I don't look at it except when I change the sheets and I put a, uh, my pillowcase on it. But it's, it's perfect. Anytime I bring home a new pillow, it sucks. I can't sleep. So I have this one that is just the right amount of heft. It is the right height for my head, and I will use it until uh, somebody comes in in a biohazard suit and takes it out with a giant tong. That's it. So I have a yellow pillow. So I am on this side, the people who could relate to the devotion of overused pillows, mentioning how comfortable their own versions are and how they couldn't seem to get a good night's rest without one. Last weekend I was out of town at a hotel. Horrible, horrible pillows. The mattress at the, well, I was in a hotel one night in a cabin for a couple nights. The mattress at the hotel was phenomenal. The pillows, awful. At the cabin, well, you can make it's a cabin. So the pillows and the mattress were awful. I couldn't wait to get home to my pillow. Tommy, do you, do you look at your pillow or do you, I don't know if you change your sheets. Do you change your sheets at home? <laughs> I do change my sheets. Well, uh, I didn't, I, I, I'm sure the sheets get changed. I didn't know yes. if you were responsible for the laundry. I, I, I do my own laundry. Yes. Um, You're a good man. Uh, so actually I have made the switch. I think everyone should to memory foam pillows. Uh, wow. Those are. 
as a man with very broad shoulders, if I were to lay on my side like I do every night, yes. if I were to lay on my side without a pillow, my shoulders are so broad wide, my head is dangling. I don't, my head doesn't touch whatever surface I'm laying on if I'm laying directly on my side. Um, So the memory foam pillows don't sink in as much or they shape to your head. And this memory foam pillow, the ones that I like, they have like a blue they they have like a a blue coating around it and then you put the sheet over it the coating might have a zipper i don't even know oh so um, like a pillow protector kind of thing right but i think i put that over the pillow plus a pillow case now my wife bought one of those memory foam pillows yes because it was she it on the box said it will keep your head cooler and I don't know why her head runs so hot at night. Uh, probably all the anger at me finally yeah, confusing. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. She well, she you said it, not me, Tommy. Okay, but I agree with right. it a hundred percent. So I don't know how culpable I am in that uh, beating that I'm going to take later. But she didn't. She didn't care for the memory foam pillow. Now the one my old pillow is kind of, kind of like that. It's it's firmer, which is what I like. Mm-hmm. But I'm like you. If I sleep on my side, I have to also have my arm under the pillow. Right. Right. So pillow and arm. You don't need that with your memory foam pillow? No. So uh, my brother put me onto it. It's a cubed pillow, not like that square oh, shape. Oh, the cube. I've seen. All right. I've seen that cube pillow yes. on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Does it? Because it looks like. It, well, it's a cube. So it looks like it would be. So it's not know, the fancy jabbing. one where you like put your arm under it and then you're. You know, it's no. like a cube with a cutout in it. It's just a cube. It. cube. It's yeah. just a cube. A hundred percent. It is made falling asleep easier. One hundred percent, I would endorse well, that. What if you What if you move throughout the night? Like I tend to, uh, I'll start on my side, but yep. at some point I'm on my stomach or my back. So a hundred percent, I am also a mover in my sleep. It's great for sleeping on your stomach. I think as well. Uh, you could sleep on your back with it. It just forms way better. And regardless, because you're formed into it, your pillow yeah. kind of moves with you. During the night, so is I am it like I'm picturing it like one of those neck braces. If you fall off a building before they put you on the flat board, it's more. Uh, it's it's built like a GameCube blown up. It's directly a cube. I mean, it's all right. It's super. I've seen that one. Yeah, I've seen that one on Instagram. You know what? This is uh, you got to cut this part and send it to uh, sales. Maybe we get some cube. Get some. Oh my gosh! I would try be them out. Yeah. So so elated. And then I also have Sleepy pillow time. Like the typical pillow-shaped memory foam pillows as well that I also, usually I stack one on the other one and then mm-hmm. do it kind of thing. Because right. if you sleep with one pillow, I also think you're kind of crazy. Um, so that's my other typical nightly routine. And that's more if like, I don't know, I, I don't put a pillow between my legs or anything. I know like some people. So just always <laughs> got to sleep with like a little bit of elevation. All right. I get that. I'm uh, listen. Well, one, I do sleep with one pillow, but it's it's that only that one. If not, if it's not that pillow that has some nice heft and firmness to it, then I do have to use two. People are, but people are wondering. You know, is it unhealthy to sleep on yellow pillows? Can they trigger skin issues, allergic reactions? What's going on? I have some answers, and I want to hear from you. Are you in my camp where you don't care? You're comfortable. You don't care what this pillow looks like because really. Nobody sees it, and you only see it when you put the clean pillowcase on, so who cares? Or 
Have you gone Tommy's way? Maybe you have a, a nice pillow with a pillow protector, or you just now hearing that I sleep on a pillow that is dingy and yellow, you're judging me. And you're judging me harshly. 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank. Talk and text line. More after this. WTMJ Knight and his yellowed pillow, and she was disgusted. Uh, Mike is in Kohler. He says, just slept on a memory foam mattress at a resort in Jamaica, and I was glued in the mattress like I was on a marshmallow. I, th- I think there's different uh, hefts of those. You know, they're different. Because my daughter had a fo- one of those, um, you buy them in a box, those foam mattresses. And I slept on it when I was when she was in New Orleans. Um, when we stayed over there, she let us have the bed, and we slept on that foam mattress, and it was pretty good. And I'm a hefty dude. Is that like the but, mattress top thing? No, this was the whole mattress. Oh, okay. No, bo- no box spring or anything. It just it comes in a box, and you open it up, and it just it just unfolds like Pillsbury crescent rolls. And you got there's a little stink to it for a couple hours. But um, then you got a mattress. Now, once, you know, it's easy if you're moving into a small place, like she was moving across the country and, you know, they deliver it right to your door. But then you have a mattress. Then you have a big piece of foam when you're moving again. So it's just like you had a regular mattress. Um, Mike also likes the My Pillow. James saying, I might get pink eye from that dingy yellow pillow. Oh, James, I beg to differ. According to experts, the act of resting on an old damaged yellow pillow won't hurt you per se and isn't necessarily considered unsanitary. Ha ha. Um, and again, when I was reading this, I'm like, don't people use pillowcases? But they do. This is this is under the pillowcase. According to one uh, dermatologist, the discolored pillow reflects an accumulation of moisture, of body oils, and sweat. This and the human skin cells that are present in our bedding can be an optimal environment for dust mites. Oh, yes. It isn't just the accumulation of moisture that leads to the presence of dust mites. It's fibers plus human skin, scales, and dandruff that served as food for the dust mites. So if you have chronic nasal congestion, that's one of the primary symptoms of allergies that can be caused by dust mites on your pillow. If your nose is suddenly running after a night of sleep, or if you're feeling itchy, perhaps consider swapping out your pillows. So I'm not going to get pink eye, you know, unless somebody does something terrible to my pillow. Hmm. I'm going to have to keep an eye on my wife. Um, and then another doctor, uh, another dermatologist said, pillows that have turned yellow can be bad for your skin. Oil and dirt can clog the pores, causing acne, uh, milia, and rosacea. Yeah, but again, if you're, if you're not, um, if you've got a pillowcase on it, and they say pillow protectors. Tommy, you said you had a pillow protector. Uh, yes, you can get a pillow protector. It will provide a barrier between you and the allergens that can lurk in pillow fibers over time, including animal dander, mold. I hear these and I'm like, I'm not going to bed. Are you crazy? <laughs> I also animal had dander, a, mold, spores, dust mites, pollen. I had a tip. Um, I had a family. I had some family with some bad acne and a towel. Like you can fix that with like just throwing a towel on your really? bed right before you go to bed and it like catches the oils so that would probably prevent the uh, yellow pillows i think too right i don't know how oily are people well some you people get, get it worse man i mean i, I, I do thankfully not thankfully not me but like no i i know i understand i didn't i didn't realize it had anything to do with your pillow uh, uh if you keep laying in those oils like they said that's kind of the skincare right but again if you're putting if you're putting a pillowcase on there the oils would be on the. Uh, 
I would think the oils would be on the pillowcase. So if you change your sheets often enough, but and I know, listen, we all know, we don't want to think about it, how much heavier your mattress is when you get rid of it than when you bought it. It's all, and how, you know, how the pillows are always good. We know what happens, but now I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. But I don't know. Maybe Thinking I get, of all the uh, oils in your bed. I got a lot of oils. I got uh, the other night for some reason, and uh, I'm going to overshare for about 10 seconds if you don't want to hear it, earmuffs. Right. Uh, I woke up in the middle of the night, sweat literally rolling down my chest. Literally rolling. Like if I had been outside building a barn in 98 degree <laughs> weather. That's how much and I was like, what is going on? <laughs> you had a bad dream, I guess. I did. I Oh, man. I'm... My dreams are fueled by horror, Tommy. You don't even want to know. It's that, that time of the year. It is that time of the year. Uh, Jeff says, my beloved Z-Pillow is not yellow, but it does have a blood stain on it. Oh, oh so what okay. I got a dry nosebleed while sleeping. Okay. Uh, my pillowcase hides it well. Yeah, if you're sleeping on a bare pillow, you're uh, you know, you're know, in a shelter. you got to have a pillow. <laughs> Need something. Just get a plastic bag. You know, yeah, throw anything. it over. I don't know. Well, I don't know if putting a plastic bag near your head while you're sleeping. I guess if you move yeah. a lot, like you. Right. I'm not gonna. Yeah. I, I can't condone that one, Tommy. I got to call uh, <laughs> right. BS on. Yeah, you know what you ought to do? Put your head in a plastic bag <laughs> and then go to sleep. And you know what's also not better? Put a, put a tie on when you're wearing that plastic <laughs> okay. bag so that you look dapper when the uh, yeah. coroner comes to pick you up. No, no twist of my words. Well, yeah, I guess. All right, uh, real quick, this is exciting. If you are a comic book collector, a uh, comic book shop in uh, Eagle... Well, let's see. Da, 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 da. It's... Uh, oh, what happened? It's uh, on Kinnickinnick Avenue. KK, yes, Kinnickinnick. Yes, he, uh There's a... The owner there is Steve Dobzinski. Yep. They have a rare comic Spider-Man comic book there that he's trying to sell for somebody, and it's expected to bring in a thousands of dollars, like thirty-five thousand dollars. I believe it's called Action Comics. It is yes, a- Amazing Fantasy number fifteen. Uh, yeah, so, I've... Action Comics is Superman. Action oh, Comics I meant the, the name of the Superman. the name of the comic book place. Yes, it yes. is. Uh, no, it's Collector's Edge Comics. Oh, Collector's Edge. Yes, I actually used to live right over by that place. So oh, I know. Did you really? I know exactly where it is, right by Bayview High School. Yes. So he uh, he's got this comic book that somebody brought him. Now he's had a couple before, and in good condition, like perfect condition, it sold as high as three point six million dollars. Now he said this one. Is not in the bed. This one has obviously been read. Somebody enjoyed reading this comic book. It's still all intact and stuff, but um, he's saying this one could sell for thirty-five grand for a comic book. Yeah, those collectors, man. I know. I think even like these people who found it, it was in. It was like they were cleaning out a relative's house and they found all these comic books, and so they brought it. And you know, if you're a Serious comic book collector, you've probably got them in the sleeves, and you'd you probably if if you did read them at all, you were very careful opening them so you didn't bend the page or the spine or whatever. Uh, this one was obviously well enjoyed, he said by somebody, and uh, yeah, thirty five grand for a spy. I would like to see it. I could never, you know, I could never afford it. But he said Captain America, the first Captain America, is actually sell for more than the first Spider Man's. Because as popular as Spider-Man is in the Marvel canon of heroes, Captain America is still like the guy. 
he's one of the mainstays of Marvel Comics. And because he's so prevalent in the films, his uh, his more. But Collector's Edge, I guess you know where it is. They've been they've handled been around a for a long time. Very yeah, they've been there a long time. They've handled a lot of these rare books, these rare comics and stuff. So and um, it was funny they were interviewing the owner and asking him about. You know, well, what do you got in the vault? He's like, I really don't want to say what <laughs> I've got in the vault, which is probably very smart. Uh, we are going to uh, take a break, and then it'll be news time, and then we are going to open the drive through window because it's Friday and it's WTMJ Nights. The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Butter pecan coffee at Dunkin'. That was Dunkin pretty donuts, good. you mean? Uh, yes. And I was shocked by the bill. Shout out Culver's, yeah. Shout I've heard very good things about their fish fried. I'm going to go to Panera. I'm going to get a bagel sandwich. Doritos and Papa John's are teaming up. Anything that says ranch. That's why I barely watch a Western about cattle drives. Uh, because of you guys, I had to analyze the hamburger. <laughs> we eat fast food quite a lot. We talk about it even more. Let's visit the WTMJ night drive through window one more time. With Brian Noonan. Oh, yes. I am always joined on the drive through window by Tommy, our dedicated producer, faithful sidekick, man about town, uh, fast food aficionado. So it is always good to, uh, it's always good for us to get a little drive through window in. We don't usually, um, we don't usually do pizza, but we're going to have a pizza comment tonight too. But let's start. Let's start, Tommy, with a story that we both had in our pile yes. because you always come prepared for this too, and it's a, uh, it's an odd story out of uh, from McDonald's, but a relatable Be one. It is relatable, yes. I guess. I've never been confused by this, but some people are confused by the spindle. If you order a McFlurry, you get something in your cup that is open on one end, so a lot of people think it might be a straw, but then if you pull it out, you realize, hey, it looks like a spoon. I'm going to use this to eat my McFlurry. Well, so much confusion. McDonald's is not in the confusion business. They're in the fast food business, so they're getting rid of the controversial and commonly misused utensil, yes. the spindle. Kind you of odd now. Was, you said this was relatable, Tommy. Have you confused it? No, not not in that sense. But I think everyone knows the utensil you're talking about when you, if you've ever gotten a McFlurry, you know the spoon. You know what kind of spoon you get. And it is shaped and made the way that it is because it's its own little mixer when they actually mix the McFlurry. So that's okay. what they put in. That end of the spoon yes. goes in so that it mixes and the spoon is mixing it in the machine. So I'm very curious now as to how they're going to do this and if they're going to be just doing this with the same spinner now the whole time and they're no. going to have to clean these McFlurries. They are they they will not. They will be using a uh, a reusable spindle mm -hmm. that is swapped out and cleaned after each McFlurry allegedly. Okay. So that's the plan. So they're going to use a reusable uh, spindle, and then you are going to get, as a McFlurry aficionado, a smaller black spoon that uses less plastic. It's the same one that comes with the Sundays. 
It, it doesn't sound like they save money on this if they got to bring out two spoons for every McFlurry now instead of one. Well, it, no, they'll, they don't. They'll just have one spoon in the McFlurry because once they make your McFlurry, they're going to take off that spindle, they're going to rinse it off, pop it back on the machine <laughs> okay. and make my McFlurry. Yeah, right. That's kind of my thought on it. Is it's, if, I don't think it's a... If they were actually doing what they said that they were going to... Oh, you said reusable or disposable? Reusable. Okay, no, 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 so reusable. I had heard disposable. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Um, I am very bad at enunciation. No, no, that might have been on me. That might have been on me. So <laughs> the way I thought of it is that they're going to take a new one every time. But I, again, this doesn't seem like an efficiency thing if they got a... You know, if it's a hot summer day and everyone's coming to get a McFlurry. You know what I'm picturing? You know what? Uh, if you go into an ice cream parlor, they've got that little tub of ice cream water with the tiny faucet that's supposedly aerating the water right, and new right. stuff in there, and they just dunk the scooper in the there. Scoops in there. <laughs> yeah. I'm guessing that's that's what I'm seeing for this reusable Well, do they spindle. have any with, like, peanuts or something where that could be, you know, if someone's got a peanut allergy or whatever? And they're, you should mention that. They just un- unfurled a new flavor. Oh, okay. The peanut butter crunch McFlurry. Oh, yes. Which falls right into your question. Yes, uh, that has peanut. You're right, though, because then they'd have to put up a sign. And I think most places have the something may have come in contact with peanuts because this has chunks of chocolatey peanut butter cookie yeah. uh, blended with crispy cereal mix and vanilla soft serve. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, see that that's another thing. It's a little scary there, man. I mean, you 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 don't clean that properly and there's peanut allergens oh on it and there's something else coming out of it. Somebody says it's disgusting that we're eating at McDonald's. We're actually only just talking about McDonald's. Correct. Right now, we're it's <laughs> also ice cream. Ice cream's delicious yeah. wherever you get right, it. Wherever yeah. you get ice cream, it's fantastic. We went so last week I'm out of town. I'm back at my uh, alma mater, alma mater, Southern Illinois University for homecoming weekend. And Thursday night, I take my wife to this Italian place that's been there since way before I was in school. And it's a college, it's a college Italian restaurant. Like you'd go there maybe on a date because uh, it wasn't really expensive. But the point of this story is they had free ice cream. You get your dinner, you get a free ice cream. Okay. Um, but yeah, but my wife came back with a cone that was just. It was the meltiest soft serve I've ever seen. Another two degrees, and she would have needed a cup instead of a cone okay. just to wash it down. But yeah, ice cream, even that, she's, listen, even that ice cream was good because it was ice cream and it was free. Well, my next one kind of relates to ice cream. Yes, uh, what do you got? It is with the Wendy's Frosty, although. Oh, yeah. um, so I think we had talked about it with. The pumpkin spice frosty last yes, time we were on, how that yes, is now making yes. a a uh, resurgence here. And they're going to start offering that. Well, I have a promo. I always bring a promo for you guys in case you sure. wanted to go try something out. You buy one of these frosties or any frosty that you want. It uh, doesn't matter the size. You order through the app. You're going to get free fries every Friday now with them uh, starting October 27th. So that's today. That is, You could go do that right now. And the reason why they're doing it, Brian, and I'm mm. asking you if you know this uh, correlation, Wendy's decided to drop the today's Fry, F-R-Y, day deal in honor of Taylor Swift's October 27th re-release of her prop, pop album, 1989. Does she have a song called Friday on there? I don't think she does. 
No, there was that annoying song Friday. Right, Friday, that's the only Friday I know. Re- Rebecca Black, put some respect yes. on her name. Okay, uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna keep singing till you give the name. Yes, uh, I I just didn't understand the. I mean, sweet, okay, cool, go cash in on a free fry. But is she, are they just riding some Taylor Swift type here to get Everybody's more business? Trying to ride Taylor Swift. <laughs> that's what I'm getting or out Taylor of Taylor Swift type. Every oh boy, everybody wants it. Everybody needs. I'm. Uh, some Taylor Swift hype. Why not? Does it no, didn't I make sense believe, to me when they I when don't they believe had there's that. a uh, a correlation. Uh, let's see. Here's the here's the list. Well, they have Shake It Off, but they're not doing a shake. Uh, nope, it's not shakes. Welcome to New York. Nothing ties in with a French fry. Mm-mm. Blank space. No. Nope. Style. No. Out of the woods. No. All you had to do was say no. Shake it off. We've already discussed. I wish you would. No. Bad blood. Wildest dreams. How how you get the girl. The love. I know places. Clean. Wonderland. You are in love. New romantics. Slut. Uh, say don't go. Now that we don't talk. Suburban legends. And is it over now? Yeah, see, so I don't understand how they did this, but they tied in Taylor Swift to Wendy's. She must have a deal coming up or something with them. See, I figured they tied it in because, well, Friday, obviously. Sure. But then... This is something I've never understood, but a lot of people find it very pleasurable. They dunk their fries in the frosting. Oh God, no, no. I I don't, but I see it. I see it done. I've seen it done a lot, and I've heard people talk about it. And I I never understood it because a frosty is a dessert. You yeah, take it, no. You know, they don't try to pass it off like that. have a frosty with your meal, like it was a shake. No, it's way too thick for a I shake. I also am getting an order at Wendy's that might be seen as disgusting to some people already, oh, so boy. I'll just not make myself look more disgusting by dunking my fries in my frosty. Yeah, no, it's like so lazy. I don't even want to take two <laughs> bites. Like, no, that's not where I'm well, at. Well, you're you're ruining two things. Right. You're you've taken two things that on their own are quite pleasurable, and you've you've tainted each of them it's like when people mix caramel corn and cheese corn oh god no ruined yeah no ruined the caramel corn with the cheese corn not it not it pass pass a rue all right this is very this is unsettling tommy this next uh drive-through window story okay white castle is now hiring robots as fry cooks oh no yes no longer will there be people standing over your your sliders, your squared burger with five holes in it. Robots are taking over the duties across the Midwest. White Castle has been outsourcing some of its job to Miso Robotics Flippy 2. They <laughs> okay. Listen, okay. they tried Flippy 1. They tried that in the Chicago area restaurants. But then they upgraded to Flippy 2 yeah. at the original Tesla location. It's got two spatulas on either side. It's flipping, they're flipping like crazy. The fryer, the robot takes over the work of an entire fry station. White Castle spokesman said the program is still being rolled out and will eventually be in nearly one third of the company's approximately wow. 350 White Castle restaurants across the Midwest, Southwest, and New York area. I, boy, once they come for your sliders, the robots are one step away. Right. What, what next? I mean, are they going to eat the burger for you, too? Jeez. I hope not. Why would I be going to White Castle to watch a robot eat my sliders? Yeah. It's scary. We, make... we talked about this story with Wendy's a while back, back when uh, I remember doing it with Justin, when AI was going to start taking orders in Ohio for yes. Wendy's. Yeah. Yes. No, I don't want uh, Some things I don't want robots involved in. Mm-hmm. 
You want to, you're going to make a car? You're going to manufacture something? Okay. I don't want a robot cooking my food. Now, do I want some, you know, some guy who just got out of rehab with the shakes sweating over my burger? Probably not either. Okay. But I'll give him a shot. You know, <laughs> a shot. I'll give him a shot. Get creative. What's up? <laughs> I'm, uh, listen, I'm a benevolent guy. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Texter said McDonald's will probably have a spindle that they use for peanut allergens and ones for more standard okay. flavors with some color coding band on the top. Oh, typical in food handling. See, this that is why I sense. don't get paid to make ideas. That was, I, oh, I thought is, peanut people were just going to be out of luck on this peanut, one. <laughs> yeah. the peanut people. Peanut people. What's up with you peanut people? Right. You can't do that. Just don't um, be allergic. I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. That's, yeah. There were no peanut allergies when I were a kid, when I was a kid. A lot of kids just disappearing. But I don't think it was peanut allergy related. <laughs> I think it was, it was just, I don't know, bad luck. Uh, all right. Before we close up the drive through window, uh, Jeff sent in. Now, we don't usually talk pizza because pizza, technically, it can be a fast food because you, you call ahead, you pick oh, it yeah, up. Oh, yeah, for no sure. Deal. So um, Jeff says, I had the Malnati's meatball pizza, thin crust, and I thought it was awesome. I have not had the deep dish version yet, though. You were now, just talking about this. I had the Malnati's meatball pizza the other night. Yeah. Sunday night. Um, I'm glad I had it. It was good because they use a marinara, a little a different sauce on the pizza. It was it um, a little sweeter sauce. And I had the deep dish version. Uh, I would I would say if you're a Malnati's fan and there's five locations around Milwaukee, uh, if you're a Malnati's fan, Give it a try. It's good. Uh, I'm going to go back. Then my next visit will be back to the uh, usual sausage and pepperoni. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit uh, well, a little bit spicier, you know, uh, so I like it a little bit spicier. But, yeah, the meatball, the meatball pizza, it was – this is another one of those times. And, Tommy, I've talked to you about this before where I fall victim to advertising. Well, a absolutely. I mean, that's that's – what they're trying to do to you, right? I mean, every right. time. So I didn't fall for there. They had they had a team. They teamed up with Portillo's for an Italian beef pizza. Ooh, either one with uh, sweet peppers or one with hot jardinera. Yeah, you could only get frozen. Oh yeah, and okay. I didn't fall victim to that. I didn't get that one, but the meatball one because I love meatballs. I so yeah. If if you're curious about it, it's worth a try, definitely. Um, but. Uh, I'm a purist when it comes to uh, absolutely as you should be when it comes to your deep dish Chicago, you know. And I don't have it very often. That's the thing, you know. I know people. I know people outside of Chicago think that's all we eat. Oh man, it's all deep dish pizza. It's a casserole. Blah blah blah. Shut up. No, it's not. Ninety nine percent of the time, I'm eating just regular thin crust pizza. But every once in a while, you do get it. It's like anything. You get a taste for it, and you're like, okay. Um, Jeff says, I'll probably try the pepperoni suit. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, the, the sausage is top notch. I mean, you can't go wrong with either on a pizza, right? That's no. kind of how I feel. There's, there's sausage nothing else. and pepperoni is a match made in heaven. It's fantastic. I do have another really quick one that yes, I think please. is interesting. Um, right. did you know Taco Tuesday was trademarked? I did. I think I saw this story, but yes, I did know uh, it was trademarked, and there's been a battle. Yes, there? and it has recently come to a close. So Taco John's actually owned the trademark in 49 states, um, did not own the trademark in New Jersey. That was a different restaurant uh, in New Jersey. It was a, I believe it's just a 
mom and pop style Gregory's restaurant and bar still owned the trademark in New Jersey. And Taco Bell was the uh, company that was actually trying to get Taco Tuesday uh, off of trademark. And it was recently just settled. They got Taco John's to get rid of it as well. And Gregory's um, Bar and Grill just released the trademark as well this week on Taco Tuesday. So I'm sure they got a nice penny from Taco Bell on that. Oh, uh, yeah. This, uh, <laughs> this is the uh, statement released from Taco Bell. Taco Bell wants everyone to have the opportunity to celebrate Taco Tuesday, including Gregory's Restaurant, Bar, and Grill. Uh, thanks to Gregory's choice to relinquish the trademark registration, New Jersey's businesses and fans can fully enjoy Taco Tuesdays effective immediately. Shout out to Gregory's Restaurant and Bar. I mean, good for him to be the only. Taco John's yeah. had all the other ones, and he's yeah. the one who he, he stuck through. And you know what? You're right. He made bank. Bank. Had he to. Made bank. All right. One parting note from the 414. Steak and Shake outside St. Louis. You have to order everything at a kiosk. We'll never go back. Ooh. I don't want to order from a kiosk either. Really? I don't. No. I'm a big fan of the kiosk orders, actually. Are you really? Yeah. It's just they, they get it right, you know? But You're you putting it in. customize stuff. Right. Yeah, that's that's more or less why. All right. So that's so it works when you're customizing? Yep. Yep. And that's why I'm an app guy, too. I order on the app, go in, you know, and I go and my foods are... I know it's fast food. You don't have to wait long anyway, but right. just order on the app, get over there, I, and they have it right. It's all customized. a lot easier. You don't have to worry about someone not hearing you and not putting your order in. I've done that. I well, I did it with the meatball pizza. I ordered it on the app. The only problem was with the salad. Um, I love the Melnati salad, but you cannot. Um, you can't ask for something on the side. Like my mm. wife doesn't like blue cheese. Okay. So usually we get if we call, we get the blue cheese on the side. Here you can only either have it or not have it. Right. On the app. So that bothered me. But it was still fine. We figured it out. Uh, I've used the app at Panera, and it's worked very well once I figured out how to you know, make some customizations. Uh, that's the biggest thing. But um, the only other place I've ever... I've only ordered on a kiosk at Wawa, the gas station convenience stores mm -hmm. on the yes. East Coast and yes. the South. And they have wonderful sandwiches. And so I've used... And, and you have to order from the kiosk. Which the first time panicked me a little because I'm a scared old man. But right, then once technology. I got the hang of it, man, I was getting oh, I was getting sandwiches left and right. It was crazy. <laughs> okay, just crazy. All right, let's do this. Slamming the door on the drive-through window. We come back. We've got a lot more, including some beer news because it's American Beer Day. That's right. So we'll have some beer news on at the breweries after this. WTMJ nights. As a matter of fact, I like beer. Welcome to another edition of At the Breweries. Give me a keg of beer. Pull up a bar stool and get ready to join the keg conversation. A shark on whiskey is mighty risky. A shark on beer is a beer engineer. Your one stop shop for brews in the news is on tap. Beer, more beer, and more beer. Here's At The Breweries with Brian Noonan. Yes, it is Friday night. We love talking beer all the time, but we especially like it on Friday night. Tonight we have brews in the news, a number of, uh, a number of things happening. This, is, uh, this I did not know, but it's very exciting. 
Uh, I don't know, Tommy. I know you enjoy a beer. Do you like the pumpkin beers? Oh, um, you know, there's a seasonal down east that just brought out like a donut apple or an apple donut one that I really mm. want to try, an apple donut cider. But yeah, beer. I kind of keep it pretty basic. I'm I'm a domestic yeah. guy. A sneak in a spotted cow here and there. I, I get scared when it's like flavored beer. All right. Well, that listen, that makes sense. I would like to take you under my beer drinking wing and expose you to some uh, some different things. But uh, and I, there was a time, a number of years ago, where I had I started to enjoy some pumpkin beers, and that time was short. Uh, pumpkin is a good one. Uh, there's a couple, but I don't. This is also the season for me. We're just coming out of like the Martins and Fest beers and and things like that, which I would much rather drink than a pumpkin beer. But Lakefront has been doing, they are one of the oldest breweries in the country that has been doing pumpkin beer. Uh, And uh, supposedly they are using a recipe that is rumored to have come from Thomas Jefferson. Like yes. the Thomas Jefferson, the Thomas Jefferson, okay. the third president of this uh, these United States. So this fall was their 35th anniversary brewing pumpkin lager. It started because a local bar owner uh, asked them to to do this to to brew a beer, and he had this recipe that was allegedly again from Thomas Jefferson. So Jim and Russ Klish, who you know are the owners uh, brothers, they're the owners of Lakefront Brewery. Um, in 1988, they got this request from the man who owned Trax Tavern on Locust Street to make a pumpkin beer. So he had found this recipe in a homebrew magazine that claimed that it was from Thomas Jefferson again. So they started making this beer for this bar, and it just kept growing and growing. So today, Lakefront is making 50 barrels of the pumpkin lager. Uh, they also make a brandy barrel-aged pumpkin imperial beer, which they made 40 barrels of this year, and then they have a brand-new nitro pumpkin pie ale. So theirs is Lakefront's is unique because a lot of these are pumpkin ales, and ales, if you don't know, um, ferment a little quicker. It's a different kind of yeast. Lager yeast, you have to keep it cooler than uh, ale yeast, and it just it takes a little longer. So the guys at, at um, Lakefront were like, well, we started out as a lager brewery, so we're going to make our pumpkin beer in the lager style. And so that's what they do. And over the years, the recipe has changed just a little bit. They said at the beginning it was uh, Cascade hops. Now it's Mount Hood hops. And um, every brewer, you know, as brewers come in, they put, they put their own little flair on there because brewers are basically artists and experimenters, so they want to try some try some different things. So yeah, there you go. So um, according to according to legend, a brewery in Hayward, California, Buffalo Bills Brewery, they have been cited by number a number of sources as the first place to make a pumpkin beer. They did that in 1985. Uh, Buffalo Bills closed in 2022 and reopened under a new management. They continue to brew. America's original pumpkin ale. So I don't know. Yeah, I I'm with you on a lot of the extra flavors, Tommy. I don't, um, you know, there's there's some that I like, some I will try. Uh, oh, this one you might like because you mentioned you mentioned apple. That's the only reason I I bring this up. 
There is a beer from Phase 3 Brewing, which is right near the Wisconsin-Illinois border. And it is an ale in combination with Affy Tapple, the caramel apple people. Yep. So it is a caramel apple ale, and it is really good. So it's not overly sweet. Uh, you do get that you you get the crisp hint of apple. Yeah, and then you get a little very subtle caramel and peanut under there. Mm. All right. So well, yeah, it's I'm telling you, it's it's one of the it's really crisp. It's um it's not like I said not overly sweet. It the first year they brewed it, it was really sweet, and then. It got, you know, they only released a little bit the first year because they didn't know if people were going to like it. And then all of a sudden, they people went crazy, and you couldn't find it anywhere. It was sold out immediately because everybody who had grown up eating t- Affy Tapple was like, oh, my God. And then by the re- that when they reconfigured the recipe a little bit, they took a lot of the extra sweetness out of it. So now it's a nice, uh, a nice ale. But uh, that would be the only apple... Um, Apple one. Yeah, you know, two things I like separately: caramel and apples together. Uh, again, you don't not, like caramel apples? No, oh it's God. just too much really? for me. I know. Oh, and I like caramel. I, I like apples. I do. Wow, and I would punch a baby in the throat for a caramel apple. <laughs> I, I have no, I have no. Uh, I, I'm indifferent about it. I'll say more than I like <laughs> about them. me punching a baby in the throat well, or about a caramel apple. It, both. Um, okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> If you feel that feel strongly judged. about something, yeah, I, no. I, I support you. But no. All right. And uh, before you send any letters to management, uh, if you don't know I was joking, hit yourself in the head with a bottle. <laughs> okay. uh, my listen, and my you beer is joking ready to about bottle. that. Okay. That, no, that part I wasn't. And okay. I have a, uh, I have two cases of empty bottles because Sunday is bottling day here at the Brian's Brewery. Did I tell you I brewed some beer? No. Yes, a couple weeks ago, I had, uh, my wife and daughter for last Christmas had given me this uh, home brewing kit, and it's kind of a cheater way to start out. But the recipe is all there, so all the grains are already mixed together. Sure, but you you still have to do all the stuff. So it's got to ferment for two weeks, and it's been down in my uh, the basement bathroom in a five gallon bucket with this little air vent on the top that keeps bubbling because the yeast is fermenting. So it's supposed to ferment for like two weeks, which will be up Sunday, and then i got to bottle it. Then it's got to sit for a couple weeks to uh, before it's ready to drink. So, okay. You know, yeah, man. I, I, again, I mean, I, I don't trust myself. I just don't trust myself with it. I think I would make it taste terrible. I well, this one, this I I'm hoping that this is idiot proof. Okay, because right. it's basically you're following the recipe. The hardest the hardest part of it was waiting for you know this giant pot to boil. But how, like how long this, is this process? It took me probably three hours to get it. Uh, into the fermenting bucket. All right, that's not as long as I was. I was anticipating like a week. This takes or something. No, once you get it, once you get it in the bucket, you put the bucket to the side. You got to put it where it's not in direct light and not really hot. And then it just, it just, you leave it alone for two weeks. And then once you like, so Sunday, I'll have to sterilize my bottles and then fill it. 
Oh, but I it, I was using a hydrometer to text, test my alcohol level. It was it was wild. I was like a mad scientist. I, I was a cheater mad scientist. Like I said, uh, I don't think any of my friends who are brewers, professional brewers, have anything to worry about. This was basically like if you bought anything and you're following a recipe. Because the malt, the malt was syrup was all measured out. Use this whole bottle at this time. Uh, don't put the hops in till now. Uh, put the yeast in right before you put the thing on. Here's how you sterilize the bucket for the fermentation. All of that. So, you know, we'll see. I'll bring you. I'll, I'll bring you a couple bottles. It's amber ale. Do you like amber ale? Oh yeah, big fan of River West Stein. Oh yeah, well, yep. I love River West Stein. So that all that's right. an amber, right? Yeah. Yes, that is an amber. All right, I'll bring you a couple bottles. Of uh, Amber. I, I did reach out to one of my friends who's a brewer because I'm worried about sediment. Because everything that was, you know, it doesn't, when you're boiling all the uh, the hops and the grains and everything, they don't just disappear. They settle down to the bottom of the bucket. Now, my spigot is above the sediment line, so I should be okay. But I wanted to double check with a pro. You don't want chalky listen. beer. I don't want sediment. I don't want you getting to that last swig out of the bottle and going, no. I don't want that to happen. All right, here's a qu- another quick uh, beer in the news story. Oh, and it involves Bud Light. Because people are still mad at Bud Light, but not Dana White from the UFC. He signed a $105 million a year Bud Light sponsorship deal. Well, Dana White might like, might must like Bud Light, but a lot of his fans do not. They're still upset about the D- Dylan Mulvaney thing that Bud Light did uh, back in the summer. And so... People are saying now they're going to boycott UFC and blah, blah, blah. No, they're not. Um, and because it turns out, the backstory is Bud and Bud Light were like the first beer sponsors of UFC when it started. So Dana White is, is saying, you know, this is full circle and our core values align. They're and all paying that. me $100 million. Well, he yeah. left that out of the statement. Exactly. But most, right. most people would know, like you do, Tommy, that, uh, yes, that is, that is a huge reason. And listen, if you like UFC, it's very exciting. I don't think, you know, what are you going to do, go to Bellator? No. You're going to stay at UFC. You're going to watch it, and you're going to complain. And you know what? Don't drink the Bud Light. Who cares? You know, you're going to get mad at the fighters because they're making money and some of it was brought in by Bud Light? Stop. All right, one last thing. At the breweries, next weekend is a very, very exciting day. If you are a fan of wood and barrel-aged beer, a lot of the Milwaukee, we talked to Eagle Park, they're going to be there. Lakefront is always there. A lot of great barrel-aged beers are coming to Fobab, which is the festival of wood and barrel-aged beer that is happening next Friday and Saturday. It's happening in Chicago, at uh, and it is brewers from around the country come in. And if you like, if you like the old-school barrel-aged stouts in whiskey barrels, they've got it. If you like something wild in a, you know, a tequila barrel, if you like barley wines, if you like any of those things, they are all on display. I have gone, oh, the past except for COVID year, probably the past eight or nine years. And it is, uh, it's wild. If you like those kind of beers, it's the place to be. And it is, uh, and it's, you know, there's judging and there's best in categories and it's all of that. So if you're interested, if you uh, want to get down 
to Chicago for Fobab, just go to Fobab.com and uh, check out all the brewers. we got a lot of them. As I said, a lot of brewers from the Milwaukee area are going to be down there. So uh, you get meads, you get ciders, you get, uh, oh, man, you get it all. And uh, that is that. So that's it for this week's At the Breweries. Crack a beer, sit back, enjoy your weekend. Cheers. We're going to do this, and then there's more. It's WTMJ Nights. Tommy, finally, I think I have found an athletic endeavor that I may be able to excel in. I think uh, I think you would like it, too. I think it's uh, Justin Garcia, our good friend, would be good for this. We don't live where it's going to happen, but we can easily get there. St. Augustine, Florida, it's not the Olympics, but... A group of Floridians are going to host competitions themed according to the collective antics of Florida Man. Yes, the Florida Man games are coming, Tommy. It's exactly what you would think it is. See, I think a Florida Man is just being such a wild card, you can't even think of it. So an Olympics of it makes me, it feels a little forced. Well, it is described as the most insane athletic showdown on earth. I get that, that. yes. Does that help at all? Okay, I, I, I need to hear more. All right, the games are going to poke fun at Florida's reputation for producing strange news stories involving guns, drugs, booze, and reptiles. Yep. So among the contests, and, and if, you, if you think of a better one, jump in. Among the contests, the evading arrest obstacle course, okay. in which contestants jump over fences and through yards while being chased by real police officers. It's like ultimate tag. Yep. The Category 5 cash grab, in which participants try to grab as much money in a wind-blowing booth. And the self-explanatory beer belly wrestling. Yes. All right, I'm all for it. it. Yeah. you got to get a gator in there somehow, though. There's got to be some sort of gator or manatee or, you know, some sort of wildlife aspect. Yeah, actually, it should be beer belly wrestling with a gator that just gets dropped in after about 30 seconds. Or or you just keep adding gators, like small gators, every 30 seconds. I like that. Yeah. And and you put it in an octagon. Right. So it's confined. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't want them gators scurrying away or the fat guys running away. You don't need the big saltwater ones that are, like, massive. Just tiny little gators. All right. Little baby gators. Baby gators. The nipping at the ankles kind of thing (laughs) during the whole fight. Every 30 seconds, you add a gator. All right. I like that. They've actually got two former American gladiators to serve as referees. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Yeah, well, listen. Did you watch that documentary? <laughs> it was a great documentary. Yes, it was I did. Fantastic. I did. It was fantastic. So this this is perfect. Plus, you know it's going to be hot and humid, and they're just going to be stanky. Um, be a lot of man. So they're just, yeah, a lot. Oh, God. A lot of man. A lot of not good tattoos, like homemade <laughs> tattoos. <laughs> yeah. They didn't go to a nice artist no. and get their ink done. They did it with a needle and Stick a and, poke. and a battery. Yep. Yeah, it was not good. So uh, there you go. I thought this is this is perfect for us. You know, I can hop a fence and run from the cops, and I could definitely grab some money in a wind booth, and you know, I'll put my belly up against just about anybody's to flatten them out. So we'll keep you posted if we decide to. Uh, you know, if WTMJ Knights enters a team. And uh, we'll bring back the gold and make everybody proud here at WTMJ. I'm so glad to know Someday we'll release the behind-the-scenes show. We we have a we have one of those in us one time. We have a robust we have a robust off-the-air conversation. Yeah, always. Um, and then we come back on the air and we're we're just as busty. 
Uh, this is exciting news because, you know, Tuesday is Halloween and many of us have been in the predicament where the young trick-or-treaters are coming to the door in droves and it's starting to get, you still got about an hour left of trick-or-treating and you're looking at your candy supply and you're like, oh boy, this is not going well. I'm going to have to go from giving, you know, three or four fun size bars to go back to being cheapy McCheap and drop just one in there. Have no fear, my friends, because... The M&M's Halloween Rescue Squad will save your bacon on Tuesday, as long as supplies last. So Mars is partnering with GoPuff, which came to Milwaukee in 2019. It's a Philadelphia-based company. It's a goods and food delivery company to deliver free M&M's directly to your door within the hour, according to a news release from Mars. The Rescue Squad will be on call from 2 p.m., and will deliver an assortment of M&Ms within an hour to any areas where GoPuff delivers. So if GoPuff, go, if GoPuff, <laughs> if GoPuff delivers to your area, uh, you can just go to GoPuff.com. But uh, like I said, they came to Milwaukee in 2019. Now I don't know if you, uh, you know, Tommy, you might be sitting at home at 2:30. Go, you know what? I, I just have a taste for some M&Ms. I'm going to call in a panic and see if they'll come, come and hook a brother up. They might. I got a I gas know. station close to my house for that. Yeah, but free is always better. That's that's also true. It's also free true. Free M and M's. Listen, save I love the M and M's. Save the three oh eight. You know that you spend on them. Yeah. Listen, I, I, I don't know, but boy, they must be paying producers a lot. Where you're going to turn your nose up at free M and M's? I guess. The guys yeah. like, hey, three oh eight. I toss that around. I just set three dollars and eight cents on fire. Well, I, I mean, I guess yeah. you know, you know, the you're money moves deal. here. The money moves. I guess so. Everybody paid day. That's when I knew dollar, I made dollar it. Bills, That's when I knew I made it is when I could scoff at the price of M and M's. Like I'll get those if I want them. Wow! And at the gas station, not even <laughs> discount, not even walking into Walmart to get them for like a buck. <laughs> yeah, not even go to the extra. dollar store for three month old. Willing to spend three dollars on my M and M's and five dollars on my gallon of milk. Wow. That's a guy. Then he just walks outside and dumps those M&Ms in the trash right. and laughs at the children who are out there going, Throw them at people as I'm driving by. Please, sir, can I have an M&M? No. <laughs> wow, Tommy, you're... Whew. Things are... Things are... So you are... All right. Since you don't care how much you spend for M&Ms, I'm sure you're not going to uh, mind paying for Twitter. Oh, no. I did see this. Currently known as X. Yes. <laughs> Currently known as X. They've introduced a new $16 per month premium plus plan that lets subscribers pay more. It's ridiculous. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, but you'll get the biggest boost for your replies. Yeah, I it's a clout chasing app now. It's it's ridiculous. If you look at the year since Elon Musk took over Twitter, things have not gone well for Twitter. But they've got two different kinds. You don't want to spend $16 a month? All right. Well, then you can go for the basic option. For $3 a month, doesn't let you uh, get verification, doesn't include a check mark. You only get a small boost to your replies. How about no? I'm just going to keep the free option. Yeah, I'm gonna, I am gonna. I find that I do not, uh, I'm really whittling down my social media presence, but especially on uh, Twitter, currently known as X. 
think that's going to catch on as much as the X. I'll, I'll keep known calling Twitter. it Twitter, currently known as X, as All long right. as you do. Uh, All right, I will. That's my. You know I will. That's my go-to social media. I 100% use that more than anything. We use that really much exclusively, actually now compared to the other ones. So I don't post on it. I should say because, like, if there's a game, if if there's a big news story, I yeah. still do go there for like immediacy. Like the other night with the uh, the. Uh, the shooting mm-hmm. in Maine yep. and scores. Like if I want to see what's going on with the football or baseball game or something, I'll go there and um, and I'll use it that way. But posting it, no, nah. I'm not gonna post. Listen, to all the yahoos get crazy. I, I just I post when I come on the air with you. That's my posting to social I do, media, I, and I always like that. And you do post the uh, the podcast up there, and I always retweet. Oh, I, I meant like me talking is me posting on social media for people. You, they know where to find me. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Sure. Of course. Hey, look at the time. Uh, where does the time go? I don't know. That's, a, that's an existential question that we don't have time or effort or desire to get into. Thank you for listening and being part of the program. We will talk to you again Tuesday night at uh, 6? Yeah. Tuesday night at 6 on Halloween. It'll be a spectacular spooktacular. Have a great weekend. Tommy, thank you for everything. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. Dave Ramsey after the news. WTMJ.